Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. All right, good morning and happy Easter, everyone. So here's what's great. I know some of you guys are here because it's like it's Easter. I love coming to church on Easter. And I know some of you are here because somebody dragged you here because it's the one day a year where you give them the freedom to do that. And so if you are a draggy, I'm so glad that you allowed, again, someone to drag you here. And since you are here, I just want to talk to you about something that I think this is one of the most important things to me on Easter um, this is something that matters a lot to me on Easter Sunday. I think it's very important, and it's probably, I think this is universally important to all of us, and that is lunch. I think that Easter, the Easter meal is a very important thing that happens on this day, and, and I just want to share a little bit of my experience with you, okay, because I have made, I have made some mistakes when it comes to lunch in the past. And I want to share those with you because I've learned some lessons, okay? I've learned lessons when it comes to food. Honestly, if you need to learn lessons about food, just come talk to me, okay? I know things. And so I just want to share with you some of those. So the, the first is this. It's, it's the idea that, that some of us have that maybe quantity is better than quality, right? This idea that if I can just get a lot of something, that it's better than getting a little bit of a good something. And I, I've learned the hard way uh, a couple of times why well, this doesn't work. Let me share a couple of stories. So first, my family went and we traveled down to visit some friends in Kentucky one time. And uh, we were just a little small town down in Kentucky called Madisonville. And we drove down. It was a five-hour drive. And we had just made it. And we were starving. And we were ready to eat. And we were like, you know what, let's do something nice, okay? Let's do something that's just kind of fun. We've been eating McDonald's all the way down. Let's hit something that maybe is just a little bit better, maybe a little bit more money, but it'll be all right. And there was, by our hotel, there was a Ponderosa. Now, it was, Ponderosa, if you are unfamiliar with it, is a, it's just an American Western-style buffet. And I was pretty stoked about this, because I was like, I'm just going to eat a ton of steaks, and it's going to be great. And we walked into Ponderosa. And uh, we got our seat, and then you do what you always do when you get to a buffet. You kind of eyeball the buffet, if you can, before your server gets there. And, and as we looked at it, I immediately realized that we had made a huge mistake. So looking at the buffet, it was just, it was the most wilted, grody lettuce you've ever seen. I, this, I don't think anyone else calls this. I call it slug lettuce. It's when your lettuce gets like a goo on it. You know what I'm talking about? Slug lettuce, yeah. There's that, I mean, just the, the, the saddest steaks. I mean, the cows that these steaks came from had to have clinical depression. I mean, they were just, it was so gross. The only good thing about the buffet was that they had tons of ranch dressing to just cover everything in. So at the end of the day, you could just get that ranch flavor, right? But I want you to, it was so, it was so bad. Okay, the quality of the food there was so bad, even though there was tons of quantity, that my daughter sat at the booth and wept. I mean, she cried real human tears because it was so awful. So, I mean, I learned then sometimes quantity is not better than quality, but I don't, I didn't always learn that lesson from that. I mean, sometimes we needed to learn a couple times, and so every couple of years, you know, we'll go to Peoria, or we'll be driving somewhere, and we'll see from the highway a golden corral. Now, a golden corral, it just it's beautiful, okay? You look at it, and it's, it's, it's this big, beautiful building, and it's lit up. It's like a sunbeam from the clouds shining on every golden corral. And, and every couple of years, we'll see it. We're like, you know what, guys? Let's do something special, and let's go to Golden Corral. Because I know I can eat what I want. The kids can eat what they want. So we go in. Dude, when you go into Golden Corral, I mean, it's not just buffet. It's buffet. You know, it is like... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like every, you're like, where's the bathroom? Oh, it's around the corner of that buffet. You know, it's just buffets everywhere. And there's Italian, you know, fried chicken, roast beef. There's like a Chinese food section. I mean, just anything you want is at the Golden Corral. And the thing, you get the Golden Corral and things, you get all your food. And as you're getting it, you're, you're surprised at the quality of it. I mean, it's, it's good, right? And you fill up your plate and then you take it to your table and you're eating it. And, you, and, and this is, I mean, I swear, this is our conversation. This is really good. I didn't expect it to be. Did you see, did you see that over there? Yeah. Mashed potato. You see that? This is good. And you're eating it, and it's delicious. And, and you're like, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get some dessert. And like, you know, bread pudding and, you know, apple pie and your stuff. Well, I'm going to ice cream. And it's like, it's, it's so good that you're enjoying it. And the thing is, there's so much quantity that I kind of was fooled by the quality of the food, and I didn't really realize that the quality of the food wasn't as great as I was hoping it was until, well, honestly, it was until we had that quality time later, and that's the quality time in the bathroom, okay? <laughs> because every time we've gone to Golden Corral, they have the quantity, and it's like, we, we can be fooled. It's like, the quality's good. This is good. It's good. But we always pay for it later. Always. Now, maybe I just have a weak digestion, and I'll just put that out there, but I swear, always. So there's these times where it's like, you know, we think quantity over quality is best even when the quality's no good. But then there's also times in our lives where it's like, you know what, we think quantity over quality is better, and we can kind of fool ourselves into thinking that, well, you know what, even though it's maybe not as good as this, the quality is still good. And, and, and so I just, just learned that when you're going to eat. But there's times in our lives where quality is actually more important than quantity. It's not even just food, okay? There's, there's so many aspects and areas of our lives where I think we could all agree that quality is more important than quantity. Let's just, let's do a little would you rather, for example, just some, some, we had an egg hunt yesterday, okay? So little kids were around gathering baskets of eggs. And so would you rather, for your kids, would you rather have 10 baskets that you collected full of Easter eggs that were stuffed full of candy, but they were all Tootsie Rolls, or one basket of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, right? If you said Tootsie Rolls, get out, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kind of kidding. So... But quality matters more than quantity, right? I do not want 10 baskets of Tootsie Rolls because they're just going to go in, in the garbage, honestly. Okay, I t your, take your music library, Spotify or iTunes. If I said you could have 100 albums in your Spotify or iTunes library, but it has to all be music that you don't really like very much. So the dealer's choice. You don't like country. You don't like death metal. Maybe you don't like rap. Maybe it's smooth jazz. Whatever style of music you're not really into, that's the 100 albums you can listen to. Or, and this is like for the rest of your life, or you can listen to one album by your favorite artist for the rest of your life. What would you choose? Right? I'm not going to choose smooth jazz. Okay? No offense, but like Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones can just, you know... All the old people in the room are like, yeah, good, good old guy joke. <laughs> okay, how about, how about this one? Now, they, actually, there's some that are really personal, too. Like, there's some that will divide the room, okay? And now, this one would divide my marriage, okay? So, <laughs> would, you, would you rather, would you rather, for the rest of your life, just only be able to watch certain movies, and you could either watch all 20 of the existing Marvel movies, or one really great romantic comedy? And my wife would be like... Romantic comedy. <laughs> She's like, I'm not watching this. Now, if it was me, it's like, could I watch a million great romantic comedies or one Marvel movie? It's obviously one Marvel movie. Am I right? Okay, so, I mean, that would clearly divide our marriage. Now, clothes is a good... This is... I have a bad habit of clothes when it comes to shopping. I... 
I, I, can't, I, break, I can't break the quantity over quality habit when it comes to clothes because when I go shopping, I always look at the clearance rack, always. And I go to like look for stuff that's like 2 or $3, and I'm looking for my size. My closet is full of clothes that I will never wear, but I bought it for $3 each, and I thought maybe I'll wear it someday. And so like honestly, like would I rather have 10 shirts that I'll never wear but they were cheap or one shirt that I spent a ton of money on that I would probably wear all the time? And the answer is one, but I just can't fool myself into thinking that when I'm at the mall. I was in the mall yesterday, look, it's Easter, right? We gotta have Easter outfits. I was like, I think I want a new top, because we call it tops in our family. I need a new top. <laughs> and I was like, maybe, maybe I can just get a new top, so we're walking around the mall, and what, I'm looking at the clearance racks, and I'm like, could I pull that off? And my wife's like, looks like palm trees are really in. There's palm trees and everything. I don't know. And I'm just, cheap stuff, I can't find it. And I just ultimately decided that I wasn't going to buy anything because I said I'm going to choose, because I'd just written this message. <laughs> I was like, I'm choosing quality over quantity. And I, you know what I'm wearing? I'm wearing a jean jacket that I bought 20 years ago at a thrift store. <laughs> it might have been 20 years old from the day I bought it at the thrift store, so this thing is older than a lot of the people in this room. So I just want you, I just want you to know that. How about this last would you rather? Would you rather live a hundred years and have an average life, or would you rather live 50 years and have the best life that you could ever possibly live? Now that's a trickier one because I think that like in our culture, in our society, like really like longevity is the goal. I just want to live a long time. I want to, and I want to eat the way I need to eat to live long. And I want to exercise the way I need to exercise to live long. And, and those things are good. Those things are important. But I think that sometimes we can confuse quantity for quality when it comes to the life that we're actually living. And so let me, let me just put this out there. If, if, if there's a God who made us and loves us, if that God exists, who made you, who designed you, and who loves you and cares about your life, do you think that he would want for you quality, or do you think a God who, who made you and loved you would want quality for your life? And so today I want to talk about this, this idea of quality versus quantity in our lives, and I, I, because I, it's something that Jesus talked about, and I think, I think that it's something that has a lot of bearing for us in how we live. Because again, quality matters more than quantity. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background, okay? We're going to tell a little story um, from the life of Jesus, really just some of the things that Jesus said. And we're going to look at some things Jesus said at the Last Supper. Okay, so just Jesus knew his days were numbered. He knew he was going to die. He knew he, his arrest and his death were imminent. And he gathered all of his disciples together for this one last you know, meal, this last thing where he could just download and connect with them. They didn't really grasp what was going on. They didn't understand, but Jesus did. And so when he spoke to them, the weight of what he said to them was big because he knew this is the last chance I'm going to have with my friends, my followers. This is the last chance I'm going to have to connect with them and to tell them the things that are most important. And the thing that Jesus talks about when he knew that the quantity of his life was up, right? Because Jesus' mortality is on his mind. The quantity of his life is over and the measure of his life, the measure of a person's life are fresh on his mind. And this is what Jesus tells his disciples at the Last Supper in John 13. He's, he's talking about all sorts of things. And it says, after Jesus said this, he had talked, he taught his disciples, said all these things. He looked toward heaven and he prayed. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, he's speaking of himself, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those that you've given him. Now this is eternal life. 
So Jesus prays. He's like, Father, he's like, this is it. I know my time, my days are numbered, and I, I just, I want, I want more than anything to make sure that the people sitting at this table around me and that the people who are going to come after understand that my goal, that the thing that I'm doing this for, that the thing I want for them more than anything else, and the thing that I'm offering them is eternal life. And then what's cool for us is he says this, now this is eternal life. And he starts to define it. And I think he needs to define it because the term eternal life, I think it's kind of confusing for a lot of people when we talk about it, at least in particular as, as it relates to, fo to followers of Jesus and maybe what the Bible says about what eternal life is. And I think for most of us, if we said, what is eternal life? You would say, well, I mean, it is, it's a quantity of life that we are going to live someday in heaven. Eternal life is someday we're going to die, and then after we die, um, depending on you know, how we lived or depending on whether or not we decided to follow Jesus, whatever criterion you, you, know, you determine and you know, how you were raised or what you were taught, whatever criteria that is, our eternal life is going to be we're going to die someday, and there and there's going to there's be this quantity of life that will follow after it. John 3, 16, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life or everlasting life. I'm going to die someday, and, and it's going to pay off the way I lived, and I'm going to go be in eternity with God in heaven. It's like a 401k, right? If I invest enough into it now, it's going to pay off for me later. Problem with a 401k is that only 70%, or only 30% of workers actually invest in their 401k. 70% of people who have a 401k available to them don't invest in it. And I think the reason that is is because it's not right now. It's then, right? I mean, I'm not investing in something I can enjoy, I can, I can you know, touch and feel now. I'm investing in something that's then. It's, it's a someday thing. It's, it's far away. And that means this, is that for a lot of people, if eternal life is just someday, it means there's no benefit to following Jesus right now. There's, there's, no, there's no add to my life. There's, there's no real tangible benefit to me in becoming a, a follower of Jesus right now. And I mean, I mean, let's be honest, if following Jesus is, is because of the re reward of eternity someday or the punishment of hell, I mean, that's not a great motivator. I mean, it's not really a great motivator that someday I'll get, you know, a big, beautiful golden street or someday I might be punished. That, to me, that's not right now. It's like, you don't know the problems I have right now. You don't know what my marriage looks like right now, what my kids are like right now. My kids, oh, you know, you don't know what my job is like. You don't know the life I'm living right now. You don't know what I've gone through. Heaven and hell, I mean, Whatever. That's someday, but it's not right now. And so when Jesus starts to define, now this is eternal life for his followers, he totally knows this. He knows this is exactly what his followers are thinking. He knows the disciples are thinking, someday, you know, someday in this, you know, the big, you know, forever after, our eternal, you know, someday. And it's in the disciples, it's easy to them. Okay, he's talking about eternal life again. That's great. Let's eat. Hurry up, Jesus. Let's go. You know, I want to get to lunch. So Jesus defines eternal life. He keeps going, and he says, now this is eternal life. And here's what, here's what I kind of love, too. I don't know if you've ever done this. If you're, if you're a prayer person, maybe you have. Like, you're praying for someone, and, like, you're not really praying to God. You're, like, praying something to them. God, I pray that you would help them to stop making stupid choices and, to, you know, to listen to the advice that wise people are telling them to do. Just stop being an idiot. God, help them with that, you know. So he's, like, he's giving them advice through his prayer, I think. But he says this. He says, now this is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, who you sent. Now, this is interesting because Jesus is pretty clear. He's like, eternal life is not a quantity of life. It's not, it's not a thing that starts here and extends on forever. It's, it's a quality of life. 
Eternal life is not measured in days or years or eons or millennia or whatever. Eternal life is, is measured in a relationship, and it's measured in knowing somebody, knowing a person. And he says it's in knowing, knowing God and in knowing Jesus, who God sent. It's a quality of a relationship with God. Now, again, if there is a God who created you, if there is a God who loves you, and if there's a God who, who wants you to have a better quality of life than a better quantity of life, would not that creator, would not that God who designed you and made you, would not a relationship with him be the thing that was the best thing for you? Would that not be the thing that leads to the best life that you could possibly live? Because it's not about a measurement of quantity. It's about a depth of knowing. It's about a depth of relationship. Man, some of us, some of us have marriages that are just awesome. And it's like, like imagining life without that is just, I can't even picture it. And it just defines so much of who I am in my life. And it's, it's just a relationship, right? It's my relationship with my wife does that for me. So it's our relationship with our children. It's a, it's a relationship with a coach or mentor or a friend that we have. And those relationships change us and they define us and they, and they create for us a certain quality of life in certain pockets of our life. And Jesus is saying this. He's saying eternal life, the eternal life that I have to offer you is a quality of life. It's the best life that you could live, and it comes not from, you know, following a bunch of rules, not from checking a bunch of things off of a box, you know, none of, not from being a religious person. Take religion out of it because it's about having a relationship with a God who created you, who loves you. How does that play out in our lives? Look at this. Jesus talked about this a lot. It was just kind of this thing that he kind of slipped in a lot, and I don't think anyone back then even knew what he was saying, but we have the benefit of seeing it. In John 10.10, this is a great passage. Jesus speaking about himself. He says, listen, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it to the full. They is us, is everyone. I came so that you may have life, and you may have it to the full, a full life. Another translation of John 10.10 10 from the original, just kind of get an idea of what that really meant. Uh, it says, my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. Now, that doesn't sound a lot like the Christianity that people think about. You know, a lot of people outside of, outside of following Jesus, they, they see religion as this thing. It's shackles, it's chains. It's something that holds us down. It's something that binds us to a, you know, a rigid code, a rigid structure. And Jesus is like, uh-uh. It's about giving you a full and satisfying and a rich life. And this, this is my favorite translation, John 10.10. Uh, it's in the, in the ESV. It says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. There were kids with Easter bags yesterday picking up Easter eggs, and their bags were over full, and their pockets were full, and their, you know, hoodie pockets were full, and it was just like, bleh, you know. They were overflowing with Easter eggs, and God's intention for you and for me and for each and every single one of us, this is his heart. This is his desire. This is what he wants. He wants us to, to live in a way where life is just overflowing. And it's good, and it's great, and it's amazing. And it doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen because we live in the real world. But it means this, no matter what we walk through, no matter what we face, that, that our life is abundant, that it's rich, that it's satisfying, that it's overflowing. And this is what's amazing with this. This is not a then life. It's not a, I'm going to check the Jesus box, and then someday things are going to be good for me. That is not this. This is a right now life. 
Because it's not about quantity someday, it's about quality right now. This is a how could you live the best life that you could possibly live life right now. Look at what, Jesus, look at what um, John, one of Jesus' disciples, said. John was one of Jesus' closest disciples. He internalized all this. In fact, everything that we just read, John wrote. It was his, he was writing down and describing what Jesus had said. And then he kind of puts his own spin on it in his own words in 1 John chapter 5. He says, this is what God has testified. And I love that. He's like, this is literally what, what we were told. He's given us eternal life, and this life is found in one place. It's found in his son. Whoever has the son has life, and whoever doesn't have God's son doesn't. And I've written this to you so that you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you will know that you have it, that you'll understand what this really is. And now again, like, I know that like, I know that like in church, like it, there's this reputation, and, and it can be get up here, and it can be like, you know, choose heaven, choose hell, choose reward, choose punishment, and it's all someday. And I'm here to tell you that God's heart is not reward and punishment someday. God's heart is to give you the best life that you could ever live right now because he loves you, and he wants to have a relationship with you where you are just overflowing with joy, with hope, with love, with contentment, with peace. And John is saying, I heard this firsthand, and I've lived it firsthand, and I'm telling you, I know that it comes from one place. It comes from this. It comes from Jesus. In Jesus, heaven is a place on earth. It's not a someday thing. It's a right now abundant quality of life. It's here and now. It's not there and then. Following Jesus is the best life that you could ever live. Not someday in heaven, but right now, right here. It's the best quality of life. And I would just say, as I close, and Clifford, you can come on up. As I close, just, let's just ask ourselves this question, okay? If you had just examined, like, your, you know, your life, your context, right? And you said, where would I benefit most, or where could I benefit from eternal life? from abundant life? Where could I benefit from a quality of life, a rich and satisfying life in, in my context and in my world right now? Where could I benefit from that? Could I, could I benefit from something that was rich and satisfying and fulfilling in my marriage? Could I benefit from that in my dating life? Would, would my, look at my relationships that I live right now, friends, family. Would that benefit from a quality of life upgrade? My attitude, my anxieties, my fears, the things that keep me awake at night, the things that I wrestle with and struggle with internally that maybe no one even knows about. My darkest, the darkest corners of who I am and my secrets and all that. Would, would I benefit from a quality of life upgrade? From having abundant life invited into that area? As a parent with my kids, would I benefit from eternal life now? At work, in my career? in my finances, in, in my health. What areas of my life, what areas of your life could be upgraded if you invited eternal life, the abundant eternal life that God is offering into every corner of your world? Because I'm telling you, it's not just about kicking back on a cloud someday drinking a virgin pina colada. Or maybe it's not virgin. I don't know what heaven's going to be like. <laughs> But that's not it. It's right now. God is offering us heaven right now. And I'll close with this thought. 
we are not guaranteed a quantity of life on this earth. We're just not. Whether you were just born or whether you're 100 years old, somewhere in that time frame is the quantity that you are given. And there's no guarantee how long that's going to be. But what God does is this. He says, I can't guarantee you a quantity of life, but what I will guarantee you, what I will promise you and make available to you is this, is a quality of life that you can't find anywhere else. And he's offering it to it simply because he loves us. Now, today is Easter, right? Today is the day that followers of Jesus, we celebrate the event that all of our faith is based on and founded on, okay? Today we celebrate the event that everything we believe is founded on, and that is this. It's that Jesus died, and it's that Jesus rose from the dead. That's it. That's everything. That is everything we believe is founded on that. And here's the thing. If, if there was a man who predicted his death and predicted his resurrection, and then he did die, and he did raise from the dead, and then there were witnesses who saw it, People who saw him die, saw him raised to life, and then those witnesses were willing to die themselves to lay down their lives because of belief in what they had seen with their own eyes. If that's true, then I would say this, that maybe the words that that man has to say might be worth weighing out and they might be worth exploring. And if there was a man who claimed that he was the son of God, who said he would die and raise to life, and then he actually did it, and he said that if we believe in him, that we could experience a quality of life right now, then it would be a shame for any of us to not explore that notion that there is eternal life, abundant life, a rich and satisfying life, a full life available that's bigger and better than even what we have now. I think you ready to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you here. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in people here. I thank you, God, for what you're doing uh, in our lives. And I thank you, Father, that you've offered us this incredible gift. Lord, this thing that, honestly, we can't manufacture on our own. We can't create on our own. Everybody spends so much time and energy pursuing the best life we could live. And, and Lord, maybe some of us even get close, but there's... There's more in you, and I thank you for that. And I thank you that you offer it to us for free. And I pray, God, that today, Lord, you'd open our hearts to what you're sharing with us. With everyone's heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and, and you're, you can say this, you can say, Chris, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I haven't been walking in this eternal life. I just haven't held on to it, and I, I need it. I took my eyes off of Jesus, and I just, you know, I just, I need this. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. Slip your hand up right now. I just need to experience this. Yes, hands all over. Thank you. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, you're not a Bible person. You're not a church person. We're not asking you to be any of those things. All we're offering you is this, is the opportunity to have an incredible and an amazing life just by inviting Jesus into it. And if you're hearing this today and you're like, I need this, I want this, there's, there's a voice in your ear, a voice in your heart that's just saying, this is for me, I need this. And today you want to say, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to say yes to this. Nobody's looking around. I just want to be able to pray for you just very quickly. Just slip your hand up and put it right back down so I can see, so I can pray for you. I want to follow Jesus. Lord, I pray for every single person who's lifted their hand in here today, and I ask, God, that you would give each and every single one of us a confidence, Lord, that you love us, that you are for us, that you are on our side, and that you are invested in giving us the best life we could ever possibly live. And as we say yes to you, Jesus, both today and every day that follows, I pray, Father, that you would let us experience that and know that, that joy, the hope, the love, the peace that can only come from you in ways that we never have. 
God, you've opened a door of invitation to us, and I pray that you would help us every day to walk through it, saying yes to you. And we pray all of this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.